Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good? Doing well? Hey, let me take a moment, introduce myself. My name's Elijah Daly. Um, I'm a minister here at Christ Church, and I'm so excited to be with you guys. So, how are you guys doing? You guys doing well? How about you guys? You guys doing well? You guys? How about you guys? You guys doing well? How about you guys? They're, they're definitely the most excited, so I appreciate that. Hey, uh, we're going to be talking about embracing the gospel and assurance. Okay, so what the heck does assurance mean? Assurance is basically being sure that we can trust that the promise that God made is really true. It's being sure that we can, we can trust God and the promises that he made. So I don't want to waste any time. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to, if you want, if you have Bibles, all right, and you want to open up to Hebrews 6, 13 through 20, I'd love for you to read along with me, but I'm going to dive right into this text, and it will be up here, so follow along with me. It is a long one, so brace yourselves, all right, and follow along with me. This is what it says. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. Guys, what we're talking about tonight is promises. How many of you guys have made promises or have, have, or have had promises made to you? Raise your hand. Yes, we all have. And they are incredibly important things, right? They're incredibly important things. Tonight, what we're gonna be talking about is the promises of God. But before we do, I need Kimberly to come up, and I want her to help me with something. All right, here's the deal. Here's what we're going to do. Kimberly, no, you stay, you can stay down there, you stay down there, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I should have told you that. So, here's the plan. If you can jump and touch the tip of this bad boy, you get the reward underneath that. That's my promise to you. Do you believe that? Easy, easy. That is an easy promise and easy reward. Boom, Snickers. Hey, uh, yeah, go ahead. All right, here's the deal. Here's where the nature of promises come in play. Hold on, guys. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's where the nature of promises come in play. What would you guys would have thought if I would have kept a hold of that and I was like, actually, I know you did it, but actually I'm going to go ahead and eat this Snickers for you so you don't even have to. How would you feel about How would you guys feel about me? You guys, I know, you wouldn't like me. Listen, you wouldn't trust me. You wouldn't do anything. Hey, listen closely. Listen. You wouldn't like me. You wouldn't trust anything that I had to say. You wouldn't trust anything I had to say. I would be to you a rotten old liar, okay? This is what we're talking about promises tonight. We're talking about promises because God has made a promise to us, right? And we want to know, can he be trusted? 
That's what our question is. That's what our question is. That's what the author of Hebrews is writing to a bunch of people who are feeling a lot of pressure from their family and their friends because their family and friends are like, you need to abandon Christianity. It is not going to fulfill the desires and needs that you have. It's really not. All it's going to do is just make you just, basically, it's going to condemn you because you're following all the wrong things. You're going to lose out, you're going to miss out on all the cool things that we get to do because we're not Christians, right? That's kind of the same kind of pressures that we feel sometimes from our friends and maybe even our family. We feel these pressures to abandon the faith. But here's what the writer of Hebrews says. Take hold, take hold of the hope that is set before us because God has made a promise. And we want to know why we can trust God. And, and there are three reasons. We can trust God because of the nature of God. We can trust God because of the word of God. And we can trust God because of the action of God, right? So I want to start with the nature of God. What the heck does that mean? How many of you guys have seen the movie Big Hero 6? Raise your hand. I'm so happy. I'm so this is a great movie. Let me tell you what. I watched this a couple months ago, and I was like, this is a legit movie, all right? So here's, I'm not going to, there's no spoiler alerts, all right? I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to spoil the movie. But in the movie, there's a robot, and his name's Baymax. And Baymax is awesome. But here's what you need to know. When Baymax is a robot that essentially, when activated, what he does is he looks at a human, and he scans them up and down, and he's able to identify if there are problems. He's able to identify if they have health problems. And so pretty early in the movie, he activates, he gets activated, and he scans Hero, the main character, and he realizes that Hero has some health problems. Well, he realizes, really what he realizes, is that Hero is incredibly sad. And so his whole mission the whole reason why he exists is to make Hero happy. It's to fix the health problem. And the thing with Baymax is that he cannot deactivate until the health problem has been satisfied, right? He cannot deactivate until it's satisfied. That's kind of the nature of who Baymax is. It is who he is. He cannot deactivate. And so Hero starts getting really annoyed with this robot at first because he's like, dude, I don't want your help. I don't want you to help me. Just go away. And he's like, I can't. This is all me, bro. I, my mission is to help you feel better. And he can't deactivate. So why can we trust God? Because it is in his nature. It is who he is, just like Baymax. It is who God is that he is good, that all that he says is good, that all that he does is good. He is a good God, and he can't do anything that's bad, right? That's what our, that's what our text says. It's impossible for God to lie. Why? Because lying is bad, and God is good, right? Easy, easy. All right, I need um, Reagan to come up real quick. My next volunteer. Here's the deal, Reagan. We're getting this thing a little bit higher now. If you can touch the tip, I promise I will give you the reward underneath. Do you believe that? She believes me. All right. We'll see if I'm telling the truth. Oh, hold on. Ready? Go. Boom. Got it. Easy. All right. Reward number two. All right. So here's the second, here's the second part of the promise. You guys listen. Here's the second part of the promise. Here's the second part is that a promise is made when words are spoken, right? So we not only trust God because he's good, but we trust God because he said he's gonna do something. And when God speaks, when God says things, amazing things begin to happen. Let's look at Genesis, right? When God spoke, what happened? The earth came into existence. He said, let there be light, and there was light. I mean, 
Literally, God just speaks, and everything has to obey him because he's good, because he's true. When he speaks, it has to happen. It, ha- it must come to pass. That's the nature of the word of God. We can trust the word of God. That's the promise. When God makes a promise, it must come to pass, right? Some of us have had promises that have been broken. Raise your hand if you've had a promise that's been broken. Yep. Let me tell you something. I, I give a girl named Kensley, some of you guys might know her, she's in fifth grade, she is a great guitarist, I gave her guitar lessons, and I was talking with her yesterday, and I said, Kensley, what's the worst promise that, you've, that someone's ever broken? And you know what she said? She said, the worst promise that anyone's ever broken was one time they, they promised they were going to bring my lunch to school. And they didn't. And I had to eat the, the nasty cafeteria food. And I was like, that's not too bad. Like, if that's the worst promise that you've had broken, that's not too shabby. But hey, some of you guys are in that camp. Some of you guys haven't had, you know, you've had promises that have been broken, but they haven't affected you too much. Well, I was asking my wife the same question. I wanted to, I wanted to get her opinion, right? So I asked her, um, Macy, what, what's the worst promise that has been broken that you can remember? And so what I asked her about um, she, she responded, when I was about eight or nine years old, um, you know, her parents were having some, some marital issues. And you guys know, when, when, you, when two people get married, right, they make some vows to each other. They say, you know, till death to us part, through sickness and in health. You, you guys, you know that stuff, right? So it, it became apparent, you know, through their, rela- through their relationship, they were having a hard time keeping that commitment. And so they decided they wanted to, to separate just for a little bit, not get a divorce, just separate, to work on some things and just try to make it work. Um, and she was telling me she, she won't forget the day that her mom came, um, came to her and she said, hey, look, uh, me and your dad, we're going to separate. And, you know, this obviously just you know, hurt her so badly, hurt her, her whole family, and she's like, but you guys aren't going to get divorced, right? Like, they all asked, like, you guys, you're not getting a divorce, right? And she said, I promise we won't get a divorce. It won't happen. Weeks, months went by, and eventually that divorce did happen. You see, some of us do have promises broken that affect us forever. Those promises, when they're broken, they just change us. And the worst part about it is it didn't even have to be a parent, but parents, parents are the people that we put the most trust in. If there was one person that was supposed to never let us down, it would be our parents. But the truth is we are people, we are human. But guess what? I want to tell you something tonight. That when God makes a promise, it will not fail. There will never be a change. Because even though we aren't perfect, our God is. That's a good thing. Amen? That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Because our God has made a promise. And let's look at that promise that he's made. Deuteronomy 30. This promise he made a long time ago, but it has carried over even into this moment now and into tomorrow. So let us read it, shall we? Uh, This promise says this. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. Now I want you to notice these two different things. He set before us life and good, right, and death and evil. There are two things here, and this is what he says. He says, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules then you shall live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Do you hear that? So here's the thing. He says, if you obey the rules, if you walk with him, 
you get the life and the goodness. If you don't, if you disobey, you go against the rules, you get the death and the, ah, I don't want that, okay. So you get the life and the good when you obey, right? That's what we're after. That's what we're after. Here's the truth, though. This list of things that God has asked us to do, it's a hard list, isn't it? In fact, I'm willing to bet that most of the people in this room, probably all the people in this room, have unfortunately disobeyed God. And this is the dilemma that we see ourselves in at this point. All right? You see, in fact, you know what? Devrin, come. Come, Devrin. I need you. If anyone can touch this thing, it's him. At the highest of heights. The highest of heights. (laughs) No. It's because he's taller than I am, all right? Devrin, if you can touch the tip of this thing, I'm going to give you the reward underneath. I promise. Do you believe that? You believe that? All right. No, no running starts. No running starts. Oh, let's try again. Try again. I don't want to embarrass you too much, but... Oh, close. You were close. You were really, hey, that, you know what? That's all right. It was a good try. Shake my hand. Get, you're a good sport. Good job. Hey, here's the deal, guys. Here's the deal. When it comes to the promise of God, this is the promise. God says, I want you to have this. I want you to have this reward underneath it. I want you to take it. The problem is no one can jump high enough. No one can obey. No, you can't. No, you can't. Don't lie. Don't lie. Here's the problem is that the promise that God made, listen, the promise that God made is conditional. It's conditioned on the fact that we obey everything he says, and yet there are people in this room tonight, myself included, have fallen far from anything that needed to be done. There are people in this room who have looked at things on a computer screen that they shouldn't have to. There are people in this room who have gossiped about even the people that they actually love. There are people in this room who who use language to tear others down. There are people in this room who believe that they are so unworthy that they would rather look at themselves with disgust instead of as a child of God. There are people in this room who could care more about themselves than any other person on the face of the planet, and so they will do everything to elevate themselves. We all, myself included, have fallen so short, and we cannot jump high enough. And so the author of Hebrews is trying to give us hope, but this seems as though we have no hope. Here's what he says, though. Here's what he says, is that um, we can actually trust the action of God. I want to jump back into our text in the Hebrews 17. He says, So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, listen to this, listen, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. Why would we flee for refuge? Why would we flee for safety? Because we have recognized that we have all fallen short of what God has asked us to do in order to have meaning and life and purpose and acceptance. And so we flee for refuge. There's only one place that we can flee to, that we can grab a hold of, and this is what it says. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. What's an anchor? An anchor is an object that a boat uses, and it, and it casts it into a body of water, and that anchor comes and digs deeply into the ground. And even though the ship is like a hundred times bigger than this small object, it does not move. This entire boat is still. And the author of Hebrews is saying, 
you have a hope very similar. It will not move no matter what. No matter what, it is here to stay forever. Who is that hope? This is what it says. A hope that enters the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. Jesus is that hope. Here's where we come together as a hope that we can really truly grab a hold of. Jesus pursued us relentlessly. And this is where we trust the action of God. Because Jesus was obedient his entire life. His entire life. He was perfect. But what did Jesus get at the end of his life? Was it life and goodness? No, it was the cross. Because what Jesus wanted to do for us, what God did by extending Jesus to us, was he allowed his son, his son to come jump the height that we can never reach, that we could jump as high as he possibly could so that ultimately he could, he could give us the reward and he would take the penalty of death that we deserved. Do you understand? This is the gospel. This is what we're calling you to embrace that you can be assured, because some of you in this room have believe that you have sinned, and, and even though you've confessed Jesus as Lord, you've sinned, and so God didn't love you anymore. And some of you believe that you're just so sinful that God will never love you. But the truth is that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you. That's the truth. That's the real truth. You don't have to jump high enough you have to trust the one who did. You know what the last promise is? Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Because if you do, there is a hope that will never be shaken, that rests within the presence of God, and all you have to do is respond to that God in surrender and worship. That's what we're gonna do tonight. We're gonna sing to him. Pray with me. Father God, we come before you that you would be glorified in our lives. We know that we have failed, God. But we know even more so that your son has succeeded. And where the penalty, where the death and the evil was, God, your son has taken that on our behalf so that we could experience life and goodness. And more than that, he rose three days later to prove once and for all that you are God. Father, we love you. And we pray that our lives will continue to be a moment of worship with you. It's in your son's name, Jesus, our hope, our anchor, that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.